Hello and welcome to the first episode of Transformers University, a TFU.info podcast. I am your host, Anthony Brucali, and this is our first episode. And if you had a chance to listen to episode zero, I thank you. And if you didn't, I will give you a quick rundown of what was in it. We broke down what this podcast is going to be about and why we're doing it. And the quick answer is it's going to be about all things Transformers and the why. Well, I'm assuming you fall into two groups of people. Either you're like me and you love Transformers for everything that it is or even parts of everything that it is. And you just want to learn more about it and maybe see things new uh, in a new perspective, in a new light, or you're in the other category of you've heard of it, you like it, you or you don't like it, and you just want to know what the big deal is, why people like what they like, why certain things are special to uh, Transformers fans, and uh, what the big deal is. So we'll get into that too. And uh, as I mentioned in episode zero, we will cover everything, the toys, the comics, the TV shows, the movies, uh, the music, if we can, and uh, a whole bunch of other oddball and crazy things that have come out throughout the years. And uh, for, as for who I am, uh, as I mentioned, my name is Anthony Brucali. I am the owner and operator of TFU.info, the longest-running transforming toy archive in the world. And I've been an online Transformers fan since the late 90s. And a fan in general since the beginning in 1984. And we will talk about everything that's happened over those years. And we'll even delve into the fandom, I think, because that's that's got a lot of little fun nuggets in it. But I don't want to uh, hold things up any longer. We're going to jump right into the beginning. And the beginning is 1984, and it's a it's an important year in so many ways. And there was a cultural significance set forth to just the number 1984 by the George Orwell novel published in 1949, just to give you a little bit of perspective on that. So 1949 was the year the book 1984 was published, and that was 35 years uh, in the past by the time Transformers came out. And I am recording this podcast roughly 33 years after Transformers came out. And for some of our younger listeners and, and, and such, I want to touch on some of the technology and just some of the current events and entertainment things that took place in 1984, just to give you a perspective of what the world was like, at least in uh, the United States, what the day-to-day life was like. There's some very different things about life in 1984 compared to life in 2017, there's the obvious ones. No cell phones, no internet, um, at least not in terms of a public use internet or people having that in their home. Um, phones were strictly in your home or you went to a payphone. Uh, you know, there were no iPods. There were no, <laughs> I mean, things, there is technology that is out of date now that didn't even exist then. And among some of those things, and one of the important things that ties kind of all that together, is in 1984, Apple introduced the Macintosh home computer with a whopping 128 kilobyte hard drive. That's right, I said kilobyte. 
so that that text file or that half an app you have on your phone wouldn't fit on one of these Macs. It'd be too big. And uh, when they introduced it in January, they introduced it in a commercial during the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl, much like it is today, was the place to launch a commercial. And here is that commercial. Today we celebrate the first glorious anniversary of the information purification directives. computer will introduce Macintosh and you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984 and that tagline 1984 won't be like 1984 implying that the Macintosh computer was kind of a way to be free of the quote-unquote big brother uh, in the IBM computing world and IBM was kind of the precursor to Microsoft as far as computers go and so Apple played off of that, that cultural fear that the book 1984 might come true in 1984, that we were advancing technologically and there was an interest and a development in machines within the world and within the United States. You know, factories were starting to get robots to replace people and even it was just robotic arms and and things on an assembly line and car plants and stuff like that. So there was certainly an awareness to people that there was a developing industry of robotics and of computers. And that plays very much into the mindset that made Transformers popular in 1984. And if we go beyond that, there's some other things. Um, you know, video games were just entering the homes within a few years prior. Um, Pole Position was the top game at the arcades. Ms. Pac-Man was the uh, top console game, most likely for Atari. I don't necessarily have it in my notes here. Um, you know, that Super Bowl was won by the Raiders. And just to give you some sports perspectives on this, the NHL uh, Stanley Cup was won by the Oilers. World Series was won by the Detroit Tigers, and the uh, NBA Finals was won by the Boston Celtics, and the NCAA March Madness Championship was won by a Georgetown team led by future Basketball Hall of Famer Patrick Ewing. In television, NBC took over Thursday nights, and they took over a three-hour block that became the most coveted block of time in television for decades after this and that block was eventually called must see tv by nbc that's what they branded it and in 84 it was cosby it was family ties it was cheers it was night court and it was hill street blues and to show how popular and how well received those shows were 
Both Cheers and Hill Street Blues took home their respective Emmys that year for best shows in comedy and drama. Uh, the top two rated shows were Dynasty and Dallas, which were both one-hour soap opera type shows, dramas, um, I believe on CBS or ABC. And let's see. And, you know, there wasn't cable TV. That was just in its national stage. So most people had three channels, ABC, NBC, and CBS. Uh, most people had PBS somewhere on their dial. And yes, I said dial because we used antennas, like your car antenna to get radio, to get television. And if you were in a bigger market, like I grew up in the New York City area, you had two syndicated channels, which were just independently operated TV channels. And that's actually where the Transformers cartoon would end up for most people. And those channels eventually became what are now Fox or CW or some sort of uh, my or UPN channel. Uh, the number changes in different, in, depending on what city you're in. So like here in the New York region, it's my nine. Uh, but whatever those my channels are, those were probably syndicated channels. So here in New York, we were fortunate enough to have three syndicated channels. And then, of course, there's all the deep syndicated channels on UHF. And now UHF was a different band of radio, of television frequency that you could tune in on your TV. And it was a lot harder to get those channels because they just didn't come in well. Um, but you would find syndicated stations there. And these are the stations that would be the home, for the most part, to kids programming. And we'll get to that soon, but let's just cover a few more things. Uh, um, in the world of movies, you know, the top grossing movies of that year were Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Gremlins, The Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, Romancing the Stone, The Search for Spock, and Splash. And Amadeus swept the four major categories at the Oscars. In music, the uh, number one song of the year was When the Doves Cry by Prince. Michael Jackson had burned his face in a Pepsi ad in January of 1984 and still swept the big categories at the Grammys, taking home single of the year with Beat It and album of the year with Thriller. Every Breath You Take by The Police was song of the year and best new artist went to Culture Club. Now that year, on the Billboard 200 album chart, only five albums topped the charts for the entire year. Thriller, The Footloose Soundtrack, Sports by Huey Lewis and the News, Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen, and Purple Rain by Prince. And in fact, Purple Rain was the top album the day the Transformers cartoon debuted. And this song right here by John Waite was the number one single on the day Transformers was released on television. And something a lot of people weren't missing at that point in time in 1984 was their favorite shows. So this is a very, very important technological uh, change 
1984. So before there was on-demand television and before there was DVRs, there was basically, well, before 1984, appointment viewing. So you had to be in front of your TV on the channel you wanted and, and in place to watch the show you wanted. Otherwise, you missed it and didn't catch it until they were re-aired probably sometime during the summer, at least for primetime shows. And in, 19, in the late 70s, um, Sony and a couple of other companies introduced the video cassette recorder, the VCR, uh, to American homes. And the importance of that is by 1984, the prices of VCRs started to come down to where it was, I mean, still relatively expensive overall, but to be a part of a centerpiece of a home as part of your television and piece of your living room, they were starting to fall into um, a very affordable range. So I did a little digging. I found the New York Times article. And uh, so in 1984, sales of VCRs were booming even beyond 83. And you know what? And beyond that, into the middle and late 80s, it picks up even more and the prices fall even more. Uh, a VCR, holy crap, cost on average $500 for a middle-of-the-line kind of VCR. And this is in 1984 money. Um, but you could find them as low as about 300 bucks and as high as $1,500 depending on the features. But again, the importance of this is that this new technology that was in the home was fairly easy to use. And I know from my own experience that I probably understood it at 6 and 7 years old better than my parents did um, because it just made sense to me and probably because I was so young and I was able to just pick it up so I used to know how to set the timer my parents didn't they would ask me to do it for them and um, I assume that's kind of what a lot of people experienced uh, in my age range but that had a big effect on being able to watch TV over and over so if you liked a cartoon like the Transformers you could record it and then you could record the next one and the next one. And then on Saturday, when you were bored, you could pop in the tape and you can watch it while you're playing with your toys. So the VCR is a huge, huge part of why Transformers was successful in the 80s and continued to be successful later on. There was no internet. There was no instant way to have nostalgia about this other than talking with people. Or having some sort of relic like a videotape to uh, go back and watch. Now, back to when the Transformers cartoon debuted. And we're going to sit with the cartoon for a little bit. But we will get to the toys. We will get to the comics. Uh, we will talk about everything over the course of this podcast's life. Uh, maybe not particularly this episode. But uh, we will get to it as much as we can. So, Transformers debuted on New York City Television, which is where I'm from. On September 19th, 1984, it was a Wednesday, George Burns and Catherine Bach were uh, on the cover of TV Guide, and uh, according to New York Magazine, which was kind of the, um, the other TV Guide in the area, it was the one that came with the Sunday newspaper, so if you didn't buy TV Guide in particular, and my mom, she loved TV Guide, so she subscribed, but my grandmother... She didn't want to pay for another magazine, so she would just get it in her Sunday paper. So uh, just to give you an example of what New York Magazine was, there's an archive of old New York magazines on Google. And uh, 
on page 143 of uh, the issue that covers September 19th, 1984, uh, we have the TV listings for when Transformers first ran on WPIX Channel 11 in New York, which is now CW11, uh, but still WPIX. Um, so here's the schedule for it ran that afternoon. At 2.30 was the Jetsons. At 3 p.m. was Transformers. At 3.30 was Heathcliff. 4 o'clock was Voltron, which debuted a week earlier. And at 4.30 was Happy Days. Now, just for comparison, let's talk about what they were, what that show, those shows were up against on WNEW, which is now the Fox affiliate here in New York. Uh, was originally just a separate syndicated station. 2.30 was Plastic Man. 3 o'clock opposite Transformers was Inspector Gadget. 3.30 was Woody Woodpecker, uh, with Thursday and Friday being a Care Bears special, and Transformers only ran on Wednesday and Thursday of that week. 4 o'clock was Fat Albert, and 4.30 was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, Transformers tend tended to run on Wednesday, Thursday, or Monday, Tuesday, uh, during that time. So let's see what my notes say here. Uh, wasn't on until Sunday, October 7th at 10 a.m., which became its regular slot. Returned to weekdays in November on Monday, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Was up against an afternoon movie on WNEW, a show called Video Game, uh, at least according to those listings, on ABC. Uh, Wild America on PBS, Essence on NBC, Sunday Mass on the other, the third syndicated station, WWOR out of Secaucus, New Jersey, and CBS Sunday Morning. And just to show you how far ahead of the schedule Transformers was, Challenge of the Gobots, another show I love and something we will cover here because it's relevant and it's important to understand what some of the competition was. Um, but we'll do these as I'll do those as off-topic episodes later on. GoBots premiered on October 24th at 3 p.m. of that year, and Transformers didn't hit the regular weekday, five-day-a-week schedule until 1985. Another important change happened in the early 80s that is worth mentioning here that also led to the success of the Transformers cartoon and many other cartoons uh, that are still successful today and properties are still successful or at least in the cultural zeitgeist or mindset of the world such as G.I. Joe and He-Man and Voltron and and a lot of those shows is that the FCC in the early 80s in 1983 I believe um, began to deregulate some of its rules around children's programming and so one of the things that it did was it changed how commercials were run and how shows got in and out of commercial breaks and what content could be run during the breaks uh, as part of all this deregulation. And so shows that were strictly about toys and essentially half-hour-long toy commercials were now able to run as programming as long as there weren't commercials for those toys in the commercial breaks. Additionally, they needed to have bumpers, bumpers like this one. The Transformers will return after these messages. And the commercials had to be marked as coming back to the programming like this. We now return to the Transformers. So that's why in the 80s you had this boom of cartoon television that was essentially meant to sell toys. 
and could run legally now uh, five days a week as long as it had the proper ins and outs of the commercials and let children know uh, when the show was starting and when the show was stopping. And the cartoon was tremendously important in the success of the Transformers brand from its inception till now. Um, it still resonates with people and with fans and that's going to be something we're going to look back to uh, as we go forward through this podcast. And don't worry, we will touch on individual episodes. We will touch on uh, different things. I have some fun ideas in mind, uh, so stay tuned for that. And that is about where I'm going to wrap this show up. So we will get into the toys. We will get into the cartoons in uh, further episodes. Excuse me. We will get into the toys. We will get into the comics. We will get into some of the more oddball things from the early 80s uh, as we go forward. Uh, But for right now, we're going to put a bow on it and call it a day. And I want to thank you for checking out the first episode of Transformers University, a TFU.info podcast. And if you would like to help the show, and if you would like to help TFU.info, there are so many ways you can do it. And I won't go through all of them here, but I will give you two real easy ones. First, swing on over to tfu.info slash help that will uh, allow you to see our help page where we will continually update what is missing from the site what we can use help with photos of and other ways to help the site uh, financially monetarily donations all sorts of ways to help so if you like this podcast if you like the site please come take a look and help us out secondly another way you can help us out is to go to tfu.info slash Amazon. That will take you to Amazon.com, and all you have to do is do your regular shopping on Amazon. And whatever you buy, uh, Amazon cuts us a couple of couple of cents, a couple of uh, pennies from uh, the overall sale. It costs you nothing more, um, but it helps us out here and helps us keep going with this podcast as we go forward. And uh, We'll have more ways to help the site, um, developing a few ideas as we go. So please uh, stay tuned to uh, tfu.info slash help for all the ways you can help the site. And with that, I am going to sign off. Thank you, my friend, for joining the show. And uh, I'll see you next time. I'm Anthony Bertali. You can catch me at tfu.info. You can also catch me on Twitter at at tfu underscore info and on Facebook at facebook.com slash tfuinfo. And uh, until next time, see you.